My Michelle Live podcast. Faith the fun. Here's Michelle. Michelle, hey guys, thanks for joining us today at Sports Time Out. Uh, Thanksgiving edition where some of the guys are still recovering from their tryptophan overdose. So that's all right. We've got at least a couple of guys to weigh in on some of the sports news stories of the week and to get to what we always get to on the My Michelle Live podcast, whether it's science and technology, news and views, health watch, music, entertainment. We always look for a deeper story. We call it the God story. If there's a God, what's he doing in all this? What does he expect of us? And believe it or not, we can find the God story in sports, those who play sports, those who coach sports, and those who talk sports. And that's what we're doing today. Let me introduce you to the guys joining me today in the conversation. Him as a chaplain, a coach, a player, a pastor, and an all-around cool guy, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get... Hey, hey, Reverend, you could have just said <laughs> amen. Give me an amen. Somebody give me an amen. Amen. <laughs> and then we have newcomer. Now, you may have seen him on My Michelle Live, but my gosh, he just became an instant friend of mine. And of course, he loves sports. So of course, we had to enjoy. We had to invite him to the discussion. Joel Palmasano. He's a former college coach uh, for football, radio personality. He's also written a children's book uh, called Penguinville. Come and find yourself something you should pick up. In fact, we have a link on my Michelle Live. You can pick it up for the kids in your life for Christmas. He's a Kung Fu champion and he loves to talk sports. Welcome, Joe. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Today. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining in. We'll start with soccer because I know it's a passion of the pastors there. Uh, as we get to the MLS Cup, I find this kind of interesting, Garrick. In the last seven years, two teams have continually made it alternating to the MLS Cup, and they are right from the Northwest. It's the uh, Seattle Sounders and the Portland Timbers. And boy, what interest games they have had this last year. The Sounders came out of the gate swinging. They had a record phenomenal year. And then at the end of the year, there is no other word, but they freaking sucked. Miserably sucked. They made it, and they always have since their induction in MLS to the playoffs. And but yet, they the very first playoff game they just bit it, not even scoring a goal. And I'm sorry, Kellen Rowe is it has been a disappointment to me the entire season. No one likes to criticize players, but he continued to start, continued to pass to his imaginary friend, and was the only one to not in overtime and then in kicks. He didn't make it. So he was my disappointment of the year because I'm a Sounders fan. But let's talk soccer. 
guys. Gary, well, I'll start with I, you. Ha having been on the end where Kelvin was, being the last shooter in the penalty kicks, because I was playing in a tournament myself in Las Vegas uh, back in May, and we made it to the, uh, it was a quarterfinal match, and and I uh, had my penalty kick saved, just like uh, Kellen Rowe did. I, he, he has not been my favorite sounder either. The, the sounders did not have a, a bad match. I think I, I would have started- I'll give it to you that they played hard. There should have been better connection. And they did play hard. For that, I'm proud. But come on, number two versus number seven, and we didn't have more to show for it. I don't know if I agree, agree with you completely. Sorry. Did, well, you, it, did you follow it, it, any of it, uh, Joe? I, I, Honest to goodness, I have to be honest with you. I don't follow soccer. There's no soccer. There's no soccer team around here except the University of Akron is actually – a very good collegiate soccer team won the national championship a few oh, years back. Several times, yeah. Yeah. And, and we had one of your stars actually out here in Seattle. Really? Steve, Steve Zakawani. Yep. Committed believer Steve is. And I actually helped with his nonprofit organization. He was the number one overall draft pick in the super draft. Oh, he has wow. an incredible story. We have, actually have to get Steve on, on my let's Michelle live this. on our sports timeout. Of course, let's yeah. do that. I want to hear part <laughs> of his story. Just an overview. Yeah, yeah. He he loved soccer from being a kid. His family is from the Congo, and he grew up in London. His dad worked in the court system as a translator, and so he was able to get to London and... Steve's passion was soccer, but he was also a kid. And so he actually got into the arsenal system pretty early on and had a lot of hope and promise. And he was out joyriding a moped um, of all things. And he had this major crash and they got him to the hospital. And his dad asked the, the, the doctor, when's my son gonna play soccer again, football? And the doctor said, we'll be lucky if we can get him to walk. Oh my. It wow. was that bad. And he had this miraculous recovery. He was able to, to play again, but he wasn't really doing anything. And there was a, the coach of the University of Akron who, who went on to actually coach the uh, Portland Timbers his name is escaping my brain. I can't moment. remember his name. Yeah. But, but anyway, he was visiting the UK. And one of Steve's friends came and dragged him off his couch and said, hey, there's this NCAA coach over here wanting to look, take a look. Do you want to come and play in the scrimmage with us? And Steve's, what's an NCAA? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and so he found him, Caleb Porter was the coach's name. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, right away, he offered Steve a scholarship to come. And Steve came, became the leading scorer and ended up, I think, leaving collegiate soccer early to enter, make himself eligible for the super draft. Because after, I think, just like two seasons, he became the, the leading scorer in NCAA. 
and the Sounders picked him overall in their expansion year, num number one draft pick. And Steve is just an inspirational young man. Of course, he playing against Colorado had a double compound fracture and unfortunately never could fully recover due to a compartment syndrome that happened as a result. But he has never quit, never given up, has written a book about his experience and and is now one of the color commentators for the so Sounders. Weekly. So. I think, yeah, let's um, come on and, and share his story. I think that'd be pretty yeah, inspirational. Well, uh, yeah. I need some inspiration because like you, I'm a Sounders fan and soccer just ended <laughs> dead. Uh, yeah, but yeah. here's some interesting things that I wanted to look into in the soccer world, World Cup playoff where Portugal and Italy, that's a dramatic turn of events. Either Portugal will miss out on the World Cup or Italy will. What's the deal? The way that the the format is, because each region uh, of the world where that have teams in the World Cup, will they have a different kind of playoff structure to see who's going to get through. And the way that they have it over in Europe is it has boiled down to a playoff situation now where Italy is facing Portugal or they, they hope that they'll be playing against one another. Italy will play North Macedonia and Portugal has to get by Turkey in order for them to, to face one another. And so it's, it, it'll be an easier time for the Italians <laughs> than it will be for Portugal, but those teams are typically, and for those of you out there in my Michelle Liveland who are not soccer fans, those teams, Italy has won the World Cup, I think four times, and they just won the European Championships. And so there's a lot of, and, and Portugal with, what's his name, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's one of the, the, arguably one of the top soccer players in the world, they are always very competitive as well. And I think they have won, have they won the World Cup? Anyway, Portugal and Italy, they're teams that you would expect to see, but one of them will not be yeah, there and next huge. year. And as <clears throat> the U.S. fights for, they, they had a great win over Mexico. They mm -hmm. had a draw with Jamaica. What the heck? And uh, well, they, they the, will be the reggae boys always come out hard. From, I know. From Jamaica. I know. That, and and they're they're not is an easy team. To, Obviously, but, uh, but we did get a draw, and then we're going to be playing Canada. We'll be doing El Salvador. That's in Columbus, isn't it? On the twenty seventh. So not good sure. luck to them. I wanted to go over to college football where Michigan guys Michigan's all over the news all over the news first of all this crazy missed missed opportunity of the weekend um in this crazy game against Ohio it was the second quarter but check out this fans read. It's almost it's too easy. Viral. Moten is eyeing this up the entire time like he's a center fielder. It just goes right through his arms. Stroud got hit while he was trying to throw. That ball was lofted up in the air. And that is a huge missed opportunity for Moten Absolutely and the Wolverine defense. Viral, though, was the reaction of that fan. She turns. Oh, 
my God, she falls to her knees. Those of us who love sports, we know that feeling. I think uh, I was feeling it when Kellen Rowe missed the goal kick. Anyway, at the any rate, kick. Yeah. Then the Michigan State Spartans are also dealing with a major problem, an outbreak. They have an outbreak in Michigan. Of COVID? No, of the flu. No kidding. <laughs> Numerous Spartan players on both sides of the ball are dealing with the flu. I think it was quite a few, six, at least six starters, if I remember right, up to 20 players. Absolutely crazy. So they have that going on. On top of that, a statue was defaced in support of sexual assault victims of the sports doctor at Michigan. So Bo's statue was defamed and written on the back steps was Bo New and hashtag hail to the victims. So there's Whoa. that in Michigan. And then Coach Mel Tucker did agree to a 10-year, $95 million contract. So, yeah, they're all over the news, Joe. Yeah, and I don't mind coaches getting paid because – there's a point and I coach for 18 years and you start out, you make nothing. There were times when we made my wife and I and our six month old son made $200 a month. When I started coaching as a graduate assistant, lived in the dorm, ate at the cafeteria you struggle, you work your way up. And if if you end up getting to a point like Mel Tucker where you, you can make a bunch of money, do it. The, the universities are making a fortune. Players are now getting paid, which I don't necessarily like. But $95 million, go for it. What do you think, Gary? Go for it. <laughs> I think it's way, way too much money. I'm sorry, <laughs> especially when you consider how much a lot of college professors get paid. Oh, um, I agree. I agree. It, but it, you know what? Or can we put it in perspective? The sad with... thing is, go ahead. Go ahead. The, okay, the well, sad let's thing put it is, in Garrett, perspective oh, with how how much people are paying more and more for their education and they're getting less and less in return. We're paying a buttload for kids to go to college and they're coming out as social justice warriors, ill-equipped to handle <laughs> the realities of life. I'm all for getting an education, but as much as a college is making, maybe that should be doled out to the university so that, Tuition could be a little less, so that there's just maybe some that, better Michelle. ways to handle I, I think I agree, and I I struggle with it because it's changed a lot. I played in the seventies, um, and I at that time you got fifteen dollars a month for laundry money, and I was on scholarship. I was happy with just a scholarship. I'm very happy with just a scholarship. Coaches weren't making that much like they are now. It's blown up like everything else in, in our world. And I, I don't know. I guess I look at it and say, if a coach 
struggles and makes it to that point. You you may be right though, Garrick. It, it it might be too much. It might be too much. The important story in sports really happened on Tuesday, though, in terms of collegiate intercollegiate athletics because it involved the military. Um, so cadets from the U.S. Military Academy, West Point, went down to to visit a farm where Bill lived. That's and great. If, the, if those of you don't follow this, because of the work that I did with the military, I'm always interested in a good military story, especially there's so much rivalry and, and most of it's playful, fun rivalry. And this isn't one of those. Um, so the uh, cadets from West Point went down to steal. Bill is the, the Navy mascot their goat and and there's been this long running tradition and they're all descendants named of one another named bill and they grabbed i think it was goat 34. number 34 bill number 34 instead of bill number 37 who is the current mascot and bill number um, 34 is a one-horned 14 year old retiree <laughs> according to the new york times let's hope they better let's hope they do a better job um catching the midshipmen than they do catching goats but, so. what, but what i like that is, is a great that's a great story though yeah west point officials didn't confirm the details on tuesday about this but they came out and said the U.S. Military Academy and the U.S. Naval Academy are disappointed by the trust that was broken. Baloney! I'm going to tell you a, a, a story, and I'm not. I'm going to leave out some details to protect the guilty. I happen to know someone very well who was part of a group that stole the cannon at West Point, and then when it was discovered. They, of course, there was a big hullabaloo. Heads were supposed to roll, but as they uh, went into a private meeting, they were pretty much patted on the back. So, as you said, Garrick, this is all in good fun. Of course, we've got to say this is just unacceptable. But come on, Joe, that's what rivalries are all about. How do you steal a cannon? I can't. I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny. <laughs> I would say that's a bigger accomplishment than stealing okay. a goat. I've seen those cannons, I, and and I right. can't even imagine. You have to bring a crane in or something to steal it. And I don't know how you do that at West oh, Point. You, you just have a, a bunch of really strong and stupid uh, college kids. I don't know, but it's. I say it's something that happens with rivalries. And speaking of rivalries, a big rivalry game that was historic and interesting up in Washington State is the Apple Cup. It used to be called like the Governor's Cup or the Governor's Game or Trophy. Anyway, it's been the Apple Cup and it's been between Washington State and the state of Washington. The Coug It's a, a cat and dog fight where you have the, the Huskies and the Cougars. Usually the Huskies walk away with it, but not so much in yesterday's game. Um, it, the Cougs walked away with it. They scored 40 points. And uh, was it 13? Or do you, if you remember what? what it I was think just, it was 13. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was abysmal. Yeah. What a game, though. And that's a rivalry in itself. But uh, a story that I thought I want to get your guys' thoughts on. You can comment if you watch the game. Uh, I know, Joe, you and I were talking about it. You watched a bit of it before turning over to, to basketball. 
But there there was some interesting moments in the game that leads to a bigger story in sports. There were a number of unsportsmanlike calls. One of the players, after scoring a touchdown, the Coug went up to the, the mascot, kind of bashed him, you know, the, the Cougar's mascot, gave him a big hug, bashed him on the head. Unsportsmanlike conduct. The best one was Jaden Delora, who did a, a you know, model pose at the on the side like slid and then slid into this mo- unsportsmanlike conduct those are the things that actually make to me make sports fun but i'd like to get you guys weighing in on this um really unsportsmanlike i think it's unsportsmanlike when you're taunting another player when you're getting in their face and going hey, hey yeah i'm awesome you're not maybe that that's unsportsmanlike but a little celebration i don't know joe Celebrating is something that they have sanitized sports, at least football. And and it drives me crazy because it filters down to even high school. And kids, I remember one, one young man running. He broke away for a touchdown. And as he was running in the end zone, pointed to God, pointed up into the sky as he was running into the end zone and he got a 15 yard penalty for that. Was God offended? Um, Wait, what? <laughs> he, mean... <laughs> they, were, they, they were, they said it was unsportsmanlike conduct. It was taunting. And who's he taunting? God. He no, pointed up in the That's just ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. And I see it, kids that get excited. They celebrate, they jump around with their teammates, getting called for things. Um, I, I saw a young man at Iowa State when I was at one of the games against Kansas. He broke away, and as he was running into the end zone, he turned around to look at some, to see if anybody was behind him, and then he high stepped a little bit into the end zone and they actually took away the touchdown because they called the flag at the five yard line and they brought it back 15 yards from the five yard line and took his touchdown away for that. It is ridiculous. Now they're trying to sanitize and they're trying to keep these kids from having fun. The fans like it. The kids are just being spontaneous. What, what the heck is the problem? Well, it hurts someone's itty bitty feelings that someone else. I, I think it's indicative of, of it's indicative of a broader problem in our society. It's what I call bubble wrapping, and it's, so it's let's insulate everybody so nobody's feelings are ever hurt. And it's yeah. hello, and I agree with you, Michelle. If you're getting up in another in your opponent's face and taunting them pointing in their face or whatever yeah that that's one thing and that's unsportsmanlike I mean, but it's see, not taking a high road it's not being excellent if i score a goal on you mr defender garrick on a soccer match which is highly unlikely i'm absolutely celebrating by the way uh, but if i'm getting in your face and going that's not sportsmanlike that's not taking the high road that's not being excellent there's a delineation, but as you said, Joe, the sanitizing of sports, but we see it in a news story this week 
Lakers' LeBron James was, first of all, fined $15,000 by the NBA because of a pretty obscene gesture that, and he was warned about his use of profanity. He had a couple of games uh, that he was taken out of because he was suspended because of, I don't know, just a blow to Isaiah Stewart and... And he called oh, it I BS. Yeah. yeah, he called it BS. You, you, did you see that? Were you privy to that, yeah. Joe? It was a, it was a quite a shot. Yeah, tell I us. Mean, I, talk I, about it a little bit, so to put it in perspective well, it, for our viewers and listeners. Just basically, it, it was just basically an elbow. The guy was guarding him tight. And he didn't like it, and basically spun around. And and, and LeBron James is a big guy. Yeah, and. He's a tight end or guard size in football. And by the way, he's from Akron, Ohio, too, where I grew up. And he spun around and nailed the guy. And it was, he's trying to say, oh, I'm just trying to get, but it was pretty flagrant. And I don't know what's going on with LeBron right now. I think he's nearing the end of his career. And he's starting to get... I'm going to say cantankerous. He's just getting because he's getting older. He's just getting. Oh, he's still he scored 39 points in that. Oh no, he's in good. that game against the but, Knicks. But I think he's starting <laughs> to see. He's becoming more sensitive. People now. become a bit introspective in their older age. They can anyway, and so maybe that's what you're talking about, Joe. I mean, he, he and he because of. He's a lightning rod, too, just because of his positions on different issues. And he's his larger than life, literal, as well as personality. It's, uh, yeah, I think you have have a point there. Well, why don't we take a quick look at uh, what he he did that was the gesture. And and he needs to get a, uh, a warning about that. All right, so what we just looked at, let me get back to where you guys are and the right screen. And forgive me, if you're watching this, uh, we just had a a little technical difficulty. That's okay. Uh, What had taken place and what you just saw there, if you did not see it, and I know that Joe and uh, Garrick, you might not be able to see that. It was this obscene gesture came in the came with one minute, 17 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter of the Lakers overtime win against the Pacers. It was like 124 to 116. James hit a he hit a clutch three. And so he did what what I call a, a crotch grab monkey walk where he grabs his crotch and he walks like an ape. And it is, it's obscene. And it's just like, really, is that really necessary? Toronto rapper, rap, Raptors guard uh, friend Van Leet also hit with a $15,000 fine for the same celebration earlier this month. So am I being hypocritical, guys, when I say, yeah, the the apple cup come on kids are just trying to celebrate but then lebron james does the crotch grab monkey walk and i'm like come on 
I know. What do you guys? One is one is celebrating. We're talking about having fun. We're talking about somebody jumping up and down and being excited. And we're talking about someone doing something that's that there's children there. You take your kids to games. Have some be classy about your celebration. There's a way he could have celebrated without celebrating that way. And I agree with you. I don't think you're being hypocritical at all. Garrick? The, what makes me laugh is the uh, the fine. <laughs> he got fined no. $15,000. A guy who made, let me just do this, 15000 You math, I like that about you. 14, or how much did he make? Four, $41 million. So $41 million. That's about 0.0003% of his, <laughs> yeah, his salary. I was, was going to so. say, Garrick, when Michelle said he got fined 15000 and I said, I was going to interrupt and say, because he can. It'd be the equivalent of someone who makes um, $80,000 a year getting fined $30. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it, I don't know, it. Don't get me started on pro sports and some of the these antics of these. <laughs> I have to say, I used to love Chad Ochocinco and those guys who used to take, I thought this was hilarious and they got, they all got fined and they all got disciplined for it. But remember when they used to take the pens out of their sock and sign an autograph and they used to, and one of them, one of them had a telephone in his, and when he scored a touchdown on a long pass, he took it out and he called somebody. I, I just thought, I thought that was hilarious. I thought those things were funny. That's not taunting. It was, and, no, and this, we're talking about. Did we forget sports is entertainment? It is yes. entertainment. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it's about. From start to finish, the NFL, especially, they get it. It's all entertainment. So that kind of entertainment factor, I love it. You've heard me quote Richard Sherman many times where he's commented on fines from guys in the end zone just twerking or something. And he said the cheerleaders on the sidelines are doing more graphic, gratuitous moves than any of us are doing out here. And that's okay. Why? That's so true. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. Well, I never thought of that, but that's true. Just saying. Yeah, really. We've seen it. Yeah. Some of it is just, you watch and go, oh, my. That, I was a cheerleader. I'm all for cheerleading. I'm a dancer. I'm all for dancing. There's a time and, and a place, though. And with little kids sitting there watching in skimpy uniforms. So we have a really hard time wading through what's appropriate and what's not. We get highly offended at some things and other things. Eh, who cares? I'll tell you what's appropriate. In Cleveland, which is my team, and Pittsburgh, you don't, we don't have cheerleaders. 
There are no cheerleaders. It's never too have cold. been. Who wants to be on the sidelines? And oh, some boy. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, one time Pittsburgh brought out a bunch of steel workers in hard hats. And for a season, they were the cheerleaders. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, did people get excited about that? that oh, they loved so... it. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I went to my first Seahawks game, actually, in 10 years. I attended live at, at what's our stadium called now? They change Newman the name Field. every five minutes. In fact, I know yeah, you I... preached your sermon a little short so you could get there. <laughs> oh, is that I true? Uh, no, I, I don't. Maybe I was like five was minutes uh, shorter than Come I normally. On. But. Come on! <laughs> but but the the environment and the atmosphere of being in a live game. Unfortunately, Seahawks fans did not have a lot to cheer about. It, this has been a rough year for Seattle sports sports teams. The Mariners did a great job this season. Just missed narrowly missed making it to the playoffs, but the Seahawks are pretty much eliminated, I think, aren't they? I think they'd have to win out all their games and have a few other yeah, teams good luck lose. With that. In order I, to... I guess I asked the question, has the mighty Russell Wilson toppled? Has Is King Russ now dethroned? He did not look good. Maybe after breaking his injury and surgery to his middle finger, maybe he'll get better as time goes on, but he did not look good. He hasn't been all that happy, it seems. He and his wannabe superstar wife, they want to be these superstars. But Russell Wilson had his mo most of his power when he was the understated super superstar who didn't care about superstardom. He was just sincere and humble. That's where I, I think his superpower really came from. This is where you mentioned the Seahawks and the show and even cheerleaders. I noticed, I don't know if you know this, the, that Seattle now has cheer guys. Has some guy cheerleaders But they don't too. wear the skimpy uniforms. What? It's simply that would be terrible. What? The Seahawks are one of the most woke organizations in the NFL and... It, it to me, it's just window dressing, and it's completely ridiculous, well, and nothing Eric, against the guys. Why don't the guys I mean, get skimpy when the girls are well, out there dancing? Well, they should. They should absolutely. The guys are wearing yep. sweat outfits. What the heck? Yep, Forgive yep. me for this, but isn't Seattle <laughs> itself the most woke place in the world? Well, Seattle I'm likes trying. to think of itself as we compete that, with but, Portland, uh... not just in soccer, but in wokeness. <laughs> we'll just put it definitely put it that way. Did you guys watch any of the Thanksgiving football that ensued? Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, I saw the good game. Las Vegas. <laughs> the the Vegas Dallas game. Oh my gosh, that was a, a good good game. You got your uh, money's worth. Yeah. It made Absolutely. me mad though. I wanted to see the Bills get beat. Um, <laughs> Are you a Saints fan? Oh, and, I, it, and I wanted to see Oakland get beat, or that, or, or Las Vegas. Is that why our Man of Steel isn't here? Because, I wanted to uh, <laughs> see all the AFC teams lose yeah. because Cleveland's in there. And so I was hoping to get some help here. And they and we, and I got none that day. None. Guys, what, what's the standout sports story for you this week? Mine? 
Yeah. You go ahead, Joe. I have to let my office worker into my office. Hang on. Okay. He's got a dog. <laughs> He's having what? He's probably his dog. Uh, oh. <laughs> Mine are here sleeping. <laughs> I have two little five pounds. Oh, oh my God. Kitty. Hello. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, oh, oh, oh. No, I'm sorry. Did I just. Those are my two dogs right there. <laughs> oh, look at them. How well behaved. No, they're asleep. <laughs> He's always meowing during the show. <laughs> That's neat. Got I, I, my, my favorite thing would be, I said, the, uh, the football team won Iowa State last night, or yesterday, 48 to 14 over TCU, and that was a big win. But the Iowa State basketball team has been down my alma mater. And so they've been down for about three, four years in basketball. And they brought in a new coach this year. And this guy immediately turned it around. He's got a lot of foreign talent. He's got somebody, I think, from Denmark. He's got, and they are 6-0. and oh. They beat Xavier. Uh, Wednesday, who was 25th in the country. And then last night, they beat Memphis, who is uh, coached by Penny Hardaway. And they were number nine in the country, and Iowa State beat them. So they're 6-0 and now, maybe 7-0. and And they've just beaten two top 25 teams, and, and they're they're playing like crazy. And he just turned this thing around in one year. It's like, how does... In basketball, though, I think it's easy to do. You just go out and you grab a bunch of guys, and it doesn't take a whole lot to change it. Oh, it's you make me laugh. Put- Speaking of the NCAA hoops, there was a preview of some, what some will say might be like the national championship game last night. The uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs took on Duke. The Blue Devils, and that was it. Was a really and if good you remember, game. Gonzaga <laughs> went to the finals last year. Yeah, lost in the semifinals to. Uh, My dogs are barking. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just doing a shout out for Gonzaga the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a close game. But Gonzaga lost by three, and so it's a big victory for. And a disappointing loss for the number one seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs. But, but uh, still a great it, story for Duke, man. Well, that, that's a team that uh, put a lot of faith in their play. And when we get to our final shot, I'm going to share with you Frank Wright and his press conference where he mirrors a lot of what we say here. I should get him on uh, Sports Time Out as well. Mirrors a lot of what we say here, like sports being an analogy for life and how that it factor of faith can really put you over the top. So that's, that's going to be my, my final shot. We'll get to that in a bit. Go ahead, Joe. No, it really does. And I, I used to tell kids this when I coached all the time. And, and, the guys who were, I, I used to always say this to players. If you're not going to class, if you're doing things socially that aren't right, 
if you're what you end up doing is because of that it's it's like putting on a backpack full of rocks on your back wow because you carry you don't think that you do that you think you could separate being on the field or the court with your social life and with not going to class and with messing up when you do that however you walk on the field and it's like carrying a bag of rocks on your back because you can't play freely you can't go out and have fun because whether you realize it or not you're carrying this burden of how you're living life on your back and you that so often with pro players college players people who have all remember maurice claret maurice claret was one of the he was Hmm. i think he was a heisman trophy winner one year maybe but his freshman year he was all american he was great and then he started letting his social life deteriorate he started getting out doing things that weren't this is biblical too, as you know, Garrick and you know, Michelle. It's when you stray outside of what the truth is, and and you find out that you're compromising everything. And Maurice Claret ended up not only washing out of football when he should be an all-pro. But he went to prison. He never saw the good things in his life. So I, I think, yeah, that's crucial. That's crucial. When you're somebody like Frank Reich, that's why he's he is the man he is. There's so many others like that. And the stories are great. Go ahead, Garrick. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. We, we talked earlier about Russell Wilson, and, and this is really going to be an interesting time for him right now. Uh, because to someone's faith doesn't make them a good athlete, but someone's faith makes their character. And you don't, you, you don't see a person's character so much, although sometimes you do in terms of boasting and things like that when they're on top of the world, but where you see their character, where it really counts is when they're down and when they're not on top of the world. And you see what kind of comes through in those darker or those more difficult places. And so to me, what you're gonna see over the next couple of weeks is really gonna show who the man Russell Wilson really is. Is he gonna bounce back? Is he gonna respond? Is he see how the Seahawks are going to do? I'm actually looking forward to this next Seahawks game to see how they, because they're on Monday night this week, aren't they? Maybe. I, Let's check. I know. Someone uh, quit. Oh, wait, Google no. It. Yeah, maybe not, but. Because I don't remember that. But I, I heard that they did get bumped off of Sunday night. There was a Sunday night game that they were supposed oh, to be scheduled for. Because they were supposed to play the. 29th and what day is that this is friday this is saturday oh so so that is monday yeah so the 29th we're playing monday the washington football team on monday night football so that will be very interesting just to see how they respond to to just that abysmal performance last week let me ask you both the question though garrick to 
to go along with what you said. Do you ever fully make it to the top if your character is not good? What, what do you mean? You said we, we see someone's character, you said, and I agree with you. We see someone's character when they struggle, when they're struggling, not mm -hmm. so much when they're at the top. But does anybody really, somebody who has bad character, somebody who has, is, do they ever fully make it to the top? In other words, I think Russell Wilson was a young man who had an unbelievable work ethic, was always behind the eight ball, so to speak, was considered small, had something to prove, had a chip on his shoulder. I always looked at Russell Wilson as being a, a very solid person. Now, that's what got him, and, and Michelle alluded to this too, but that's what got him to the top. His character seems to me that the strength of his character and what got him there, he's suddenly now a prima donna. And that's what's causing this to come down. Maurice Claret, people that I talked about, never fully got to the top when their character was bad. A lot of guys, so does anybody ever get to the top without strong character? Well, That's my I think, I think some people can achieve amazing things based on their athleticism alone. But do they stay there? And what does the top really mean? If you're getting millions, if you uh, play a great game, but you, but you don't have that that solid core, are you really at the top? What is the top? And what is real success? You think of uh, pastor, all the scriptures that say, if I have a, a big voice, like a clanging symbol, but I don't have love. If I don't have love, I'm nothing but a clanging symbol. If I have the voice of yeah. angels, oh. I don't have love. I, it's the same kind of thing in, in my thoughts. I think what you, I think what you, and what you're alluding to, Michelle, is the fact that, and, and you can just go case by case and see this based on people's character. All right. If they have good, strong character and values and those types of things, when they hit the top, they can stay there. They can sustain that simply by virtue of the fact that it is not their everything. Now, if you have people who lack that character, who lack that integrity, when they get to the top, they're always looking for the next fix, okay? Oh. And as a result, you'll see them blow out because they're looking for that next high. They're looking for that next thing because they've reached the pinnacle of what they can do, perhaps athletically, but then something else will unravel. And I've also heard a saying that I really love is that we all have clay feet. Oh. So even those people who have faith, who have integrity, who are amazing people, you, you brought up Russell Wilson as an example. He's human too. Yeah, maybe some of this has gone to his head. Who knows? I, because I, I don't know him personally. I can't speak about what's going on inside no, of his and, head. No, and you can't. That does it, We all struggle from from time to we time. We do. We all have clay feet. I have noticed 
there's a Facebook feed that's the Wilsons, and Russ, Russell used to post uh, about other people. He used to post about soldiers. He used to post about some of the kids that he visits, Still, probably still does weekly, in a children's hospital. And those posts started changing to how hot he and his wife are and posing like they're on the front of the magazine. And Sometimes those are telltale signs that we can all have in our lives. You can follow our own social media and go, what's really important to me? And those are the times where we can go back. If you've ever gone on a road trip and you find yourself, I did this. I wasn't paying attention driving home along the coast and I took a wrong turn and I am trying to make my way back up to Seattle from Southern California and I find myself way, way off heading to the Bay Area and going, where am I? I had to go back to where and backtrack to where I knew I should have been and get myself back on the right road. And sometimes we need to do that. And I'm hoping maybe Russ will do that too. I think that's going to lead me to our final where we give a shout out to a news story or uh, a, a play or anything that happens to be on our mind. Joe being new, just wanted to fill you in. And, and for me, it's going to bring it home to this point, but get to my final shot. I'm going to give you guys a chance to give your shout out. Garrick. Oh, I get to go first. <laughs> I have to warm up. Yeah, no. So we were talking about people of integrity. We were talking about coaches and different things. I want to give my final shot. As I was thinking about people who were at the top and who consistently still show themselves as being one of those people. And that is, of course, Tony Dungy. Some of us have, have followed his career. Yeah. Winning Super Bowls and things like that with the Colts. And, and just an amazing man. And he's a commentator now. And I just love watching him because when he speaks, people listen. I remember that old E.F. Hutton <laughs> commercial from back in the day. But when Tony Junji speaks, it, it, it has credibility because of the fact that that he is not not just a, a man of faith and, and someone with with character, but he really understands the game. And so he's respected on all levels. So I give my final shot today to to coach Dungy. I like that. All right, Joe. I'm going to give it to um, two gentlemen here in Canton, Ohio. One is Pastor Walter Moss, and one is Pastor Steve Thomas. These are both inner-city Canton pastors. One has a church that he is redoing that was built in the 1920s in downtown Canton. He fed a whole lot of people yesterday for Thanksgiving or Thursday for Thanksgiving. Pastor Walter Moss used to have a church and decided his church was going to become out in the street. Hmm. And he works with 
gang members one-on-one goes right into where they are. He deals with the drug problems. He works with the mayors of the cities around here. He is out on the street and he's putting it out there. These were both, they're both African-American men, both played high school football and all that stuff and went and became pastors. And they are just, they're out there every day on the front line. And I absolutely love these men. And so That's Pastor Steve Thomas and, and Pastor Walter Moss, they're, they're heroes. That they're is heroes. what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's that faith factor. Now, Frank Wright, in a post-game press conference, he's the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, had this to say, and it's along the lines of what we've been uh, talking about in this portion of the show today. Take a listen. I don't do this often, but... I just want to start out by saying something personal. Like I said, in four years, I think I've only done this one other time. <clears throat> Some people know that our team has been using the metaphor of climbing Mount Everest to, par- to parallel our quest to make it to the top. And it doesn't take long to figure out that this metaphor doesn't merely apply to football. It, rather, it can be a picture of the many challenges that we all face. We all face mountains that we're struggling trying to climb. And so <clears throat> I just wanted to offer a word of encouragement really to anyone out there who's in the midst of a struggle. In particular, I'm thinking of a few friends who I know are going through some stuff. And I want to give a personal account to where I found my strength for the journey. The reason I'm doing that here and now is because almost 30 years ago, in a really after a really big game, right down the hall in a press conference, I shared the lyrics to a song that meant a lot to me, that really spoke to where I get my strength from. And uh, the song's In Christ Alone, and it's written by Sean Craig. I'm not gonna recite the whole song like I did in the locker room back in 1993, but I do wanna just share a very small snippet of it that might encourage someone who's climbing the road mountain right now. Says this, Chorus says, in Christ alone I place my trust, and I find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me that my source of strength and my source of hope is Christ alone. And then there's one small snippet in the second verse, which is my favorite line, favorite lyric says, I seek no greater honor than just to know him more. So even though it was almost 30 years ago when I read those words here in this stadium, this week I was reminded Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's- and there you go. That's, That's awesome. In this time in history, in a time where people are truly struggling, the, we get really caught up in games. And I do. I know. When my team doesn't make it to 
past the first game of the playoffs. Oh, I'm so crushed. But there's a deeper story and there's a better, there's a bigger game that's being played. I want to be on that right. winning side. And it goes back to that factor of faith and character, Joe, you were mentioning. If you really want to be on top, what really takes you there? You can't rely on athleticism alone. You can't rely on intellect alone. There's got to be something deeper. And we were made for a God story. And that's what we get to. I want to thank... Joe, I hope you can join us again maybe next week. I, I don't know. That's up to you if you can think you can handle us. But <laughs> Joe is actually, among other things, he told a story to his own children, which years later became this book that you're seeing on the screen, Penguinville, Come Find Yourself. What an encouraging, fun, beautifully illustrated book. Pick it up. You can go to MyMichelleLive.com and get a link to to get your own copy. It can be sent right to your recipient, gift-wrapped. So it makes it a little bit easier on you or have it sent to you and give it out to the kids in your family that you love. And to Garrick Payne, pastor, coach, and all-around cool guy. Guys, thank you, and happy Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you, Michelle. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com. Right on, and that is a wrap.